Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show coming to you via the miracle of the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook. Or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today in a shirt that she definitely got for free. It is the Duchess of the Dorks. It is Ashley Pickle. It's a slam shirt, like the magazine. You definitely got that shirt for free, right? I did. I was going to say, yeah. That's, yeah. Got, that's got the distinct vibes of free shirt. Because it it's too big, what? but it's a badass Right, shirt. exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. You know I'm going to wear Like, if I stood up to, it's like really, like, it's way too big for me. But I love this shirt. And I was what? like. Mm-hmm. And I know you, you tweeted something that I skimmed over last night. Mm-hmm. What percentage oh, man. of your <laughs> wardrobe, let's just say shirts, because I'm sure you're not getting gifted a lot of pants, right? Let's right. just say, no. yeah. let's just say short or shirts. Mm-hmm. What percentage of the shirts that you own did you pay for? Did you? Did I pay for? Did you exchange money for goods to get? <laughs> Maybe fifteen percent. Like the only thing that I bought that isn't like just free T-shirt wise is like dresses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like my nicer clothes, I'll go out and buy those. But other than that, no. Yeah, all I... of those t-shirts. Like the only t-shirts I buy are ones like I've got like on vacation or like like your bar shirt, like your brewery shirt yesterday, yes. like that type of thing. Yeah. I'll buy those. But other than that, no. The amount of free North Texas shirts that I have, yeah, is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Unhealthy. I can, I can see that. Um, <laughs> and polos. I look, have so and many I'm not polos. and I'm not here to I'm not here to cast any stones, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did buy this hoodie. Mm-hmm. This. Uh, shout out to Tyler Chapel Hill. <laughs> this is free. Uh, yeah, so I'm not I'm not a whole lot better. Plus all the Dave Campbell's swag that I have. So yeah. Anyway, today is Thursday, June 25th, 2020. 154 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 985. 985. The number of innings pitched by Derek Holland in his illustrious Texas hmm. Rangers career, who well I once get, got into an internet argument with. On today's show, friends, we're going to summer camp. Yeah. And today, Get in, we're, losers. we're going we're going west as f- we're going from as far west to east as we can. And this is 100 percent true. I was sitting at my desk and I was trying to think, OK, who's next most west in among FBS teams? Mm-hmm. 
after UTEP. UTEP's obvious. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, it's tech. It's Texas tech, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh. wait, wait a second. <laughs> wait <Is> a <laughs> second. And I ran through all of them and I was like, no, there's no way like through weird like bending or like right, you know, curve yeah. of the earth that like Waco is actually, actually farther west, west in yeah. tech. Like, we'll have to do a little bit of like. I was going to say, after this one, that's when it starts getting into the, yeah. is it really more west yeah. than that? Like we said, if like. UTRGV would have been in yeah. there or something that would have counted, but it would have been yeah different. But yeah. in any case, we're talking about them Texas Tech Red Raiders guns up. Uh, we're going to talk uh, do go to summer camp and talk about them coming up here in a moment. And then back half of the show, uh, we bumped it yesterday. We will promise you we will play the interview <laughs> that uh, Matt Septa with Kamich Coach Stephen Hermsmeyer that's coming up here at the back half of the program. Okay, one thing. So I'm getting a lot of notes from people saying, "Hey, where's my magazine? I don't know where my magazine is." I don't know where my magazine is. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about a text I just got from my wife. <laughs> no way. My magazine just showed up. Okay? How long do you think I've been subscribed, guys? <laughs> so my magazine just showed up. That's not an excuse. I'm just telling you that we are kind of at the mercy of the Postal Service. Especially because um, clearly you live in the same area around You've here. been to my house. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how far not... do How far do I live from here? 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah, right. Right. So... I understand your frustration. <laughs> I think what ha- here's the problem, not problem. That's the wrong word. Here's the issue. A handful of people got theirs super fast, mm-hmm. like lightning speed. I don't know like how they got there that quick. Yes, yes. I don't know how. They're the outliers. So if you haven't gotten it by tomorrow, subservice at texasfootball.com. Shoot them an email and let them know. Uh, but they are starting to go out. I promise you, we desperately want you to ma- have the magazine. We're not holding out on you. <laughs> Andrew Christensen just said uh, he just subscribed so the Power Zone can be named after him next week, the Greg Tepper Memorial Power Zone. Yeah, it's true. It's that's, just me. That's really that's the whole, what it the was the front. I, do, I, gave, I gave my part of my paycheck back <laughs> today. And then I, I tweeted rename, myself. So I tweeted that. myself, like, here's a receipt, dum-dum. Hey, at Tepper. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's talk about Texas Tech. We're going to summer camp. We're going to start uh, our, our, our continue our series looking at the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas. Uh, we are going to start, uh, or, or, or yesterday, or rather on Tuesday. Spit it out. Got it. Thank you. Tuesday we did UTEP. Today we're doing Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, coming off of uh, last year's uh, mark where they went four and eight. Uh, two and seven in conference in Matt Wells's first year. So let's talk first and foremost about the state of the program. Right. Let's talk about where Texas Tech is. Uh, obviously, four and eight is not what they're looking for. That's not what they uh, aspire to be at their highest level. But I would almost look at Texas Tech as a program that you can look at with some cautious optimism. I think last year, first of all, I think Tech was better than their record indicated last year. If you take a look at some of their results, right? Mm-hmm. They took Baylor on the road to double overtime and arguably should have beaten them. Yes. Right? Baylor, who played for the Big 12 title, right? They did that. They played Iowa State within 10 points, right? Uh, the loss to Kansas is a bad loss, right? Plain and yes. simple. Uh, but they lost to TCU by two. They lost Kansas State by three. Like, they were in a lot of games. They were in a lot of one-possession close games. Without their, what you would expect to be, starting quarterback. Bingo. They were without their starting quarterback with uh, Matt Bowman. 
Uh, Alan. Alan Bowman. Well, who's Matt Bowman? I don't know. I don't know a Matt Bowman. Is that a reporter somewhere? Did I go to high school with a Matt Bowman? <laughs> he Alan might, Bowman. He might be a little uh, out Bowman. of the age range of a starting Texas Tech quarterback. Alan Bowman. They were without Alan Bowman, right? They were without him. And so, I think I think you can take a look at last year with Texas Tech and at the very least say, all right, I'm willing to see what happens this year. Mm-hmm. I don't, Like last year, if they would have gone 0-12 and looked miserable, then it's like, okay, what is going on here, right? That is a – I think that there are signs of life. I think there are signs that things are going well in Lubbock or trending in a positive direction under Matt Wells. Mm-hmm. And you talk to folks around the program, they tell you, they'll tell you that they, feel, that they feel like the program is trending in the right direction. Now, eventually, you got to go out there and win some games. Right. Right? So second, that's great that year. we can talk. This is second year. Second, okay. That's great that we can talk all about this. Now they got to go out there and execute it. That said, I think the state of the program is fair and improving. That's what how I would classify what Texas Tech's state of the program is right now. Let's talk about the offense. So the offense last year um, were 11th nationally mm-hmm. in um, in in yards per game, in total offense. And that's without Alan Bowman for the lion's share of the the, the year, right? That was, without, that was without their starting quarterback. So now they bring back Alan Bowman, who figures to be 100%, who figures to be the starting quarterback, and a guy that I think when we've seen him play, when he can stay on the field, it's been pretty darn solid. Mm-hmm. And I think a guy that you can count on to be a really solid Big 12 quarterback. But I don't he's know if he's the best quarterback. to stay healthy. I don't know if he's the best quarterback in the league. But I think that he is a very – I think you can win with mm-hmm. Alan Bowman, plain and simple. But it's pretty fragile, right? We've seen that. Now, a lot of it, – it's weird. I don't know if I would classify him as fragile because a lot unlucky. of his <laughs> – Unlucky is almost yeah, closer because a lot of his injuries have been kind of freakish and, like, weird. Mm-hmm. And, like, they, they haven't come on these hits that you go, oh, wow, that's a big hit. Instead, it's just like, oh, what happened there? Why is yeah. he getting up slow? Um, and it's always been so early on in the season, too. The guy can't catch a break. Right. So I think if you take a look at the quarterback spot, you've got to feel pretty good about what they've got coming back. Running backs are going to be, I think, a bit of an adventure. Mm-hmm. I don't think the depth is there, right? They've got a guy in Sir Roger Thompson that they feel like can be the guy can, that can step up and be the number one running back. But past that, it's like a lot of unknowns, mm-hmm. right? It's a lot of unknowns there past uh, past uh, Sir Roderick Thompson. The offensive line, am I boring you? No, sorry. I yawned. Texas Tech. We're talking Texas Tech here. I I'm, I'm, for tech. I'm excited. <laughs> the offensive line. I think the offensive line has a chance to be pretty good. Right? I, I like what they have. They have the interior, all three of the interior guys coming back, and Jack Anderson, Dawson Deaton, and West Wright, and I think that they form a pretty solid uh, front there. I think that there's going to be uh, a lot to they've got to fill in the two tackles right that we don't know what that's going to look like and that's obviously critical to a team that is going to throw the ball a fair bit mm-hmm. but um every you know I, I think that if they can get those if they get Jack Anderson back healthy uh, at the guard spot and if they get those two tackles figured out I think the offensive line could be pretty good receivers interesting mm-hmm. because on one hand, I think they have the deepest receiver core in the Big 12. Plain and simple. 
it's crazy how many quality receivers they have uh, out there. Mm-hmm. In TJ Vasher, uh, in, in, in Eric Ezukama, in, in Dawson Rigdon, in uh, Kashawn Carter, in Caden Liggett, in uh, Trey Cleveland. They have a lot of really, really good receivers on this roster. And that's not even counting guys uh, like Travis Koontz that I know, the, 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 the Ohio guy, mm-hmm. who I know they're really, really bullish on at the tight end spot. Okay? It's not even counting him. But here's the question. Who's the number one? Right. Who's the ace? Who's the go-to guy? Because right now, what it seems like, and this is not a knock, but it looks like they've got a lot of guys who I would be like, man, that's a, if that's your second best receiver, you're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. But one of those guys has to step up, right? Is it TJ Vasher? I think they think that TJ Vasher can be that guy. Is it Eric Azukama? Uh, I think that there are plenty of candidates. Mm-hmm. But one of them's got to grab the reins. One of them's got to go out there and grab that brass ring and say, I'm the number one receiver on this team. And then if they do that and they've got three guys that are clear, easy seconds, then that makes up for the running, the then, lack of running back. Then you're in business, mm-hmm. right? Then you're in business. But it's it's critical they find that number one guy. They've got to find that, that one reliable star. So that's the offensive breakdown. Let's go to the defensive breakdown. Um, last year, this was a team that got bit hard by the injury bug. They flashed early when they were healthy, and then they got pretty much beat up, and the, the lack of depth kind of showed out, showed through. But the, 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 the good news about that is that they do get a fair number of key pieces back. Now, they lose the number one guy. They lose a first-round draft pick. A first-round defensive bat- draft pick, by the way, yep. in, uh, in Jordan Brooks. Uh, and, they bring, and they lose guys like Broderick Washington and, uh, and Douglas Coleman up front. But I think that there are, I think there's a a lot of good potential on the defensive front. Mm -hmm. I think Eli Howard could be in for a breakout year. I really like what he brings to the defensive end spot. There's a lot of other kind of unproven guys, right? Tony Bradford, Xavier Benson, Jalen Hutchings, guys who could step up and be key contributors, and they need to be. Mm -hmm. The potential is there, we just don't know. I think linebacker may be their strongest spot or at least has their number one best player. Uh, I think Rico Jeffers at the linebacker spot will be their best player and the most reliable player. When you add in guys uh, like uh, like like Karrison Merriweather and, and Tamarcus Fields, I think that this is a solid linebacker core. Mm-hmm. Uh, the secondary. This is a... I think I th- it's weird to say this about Tech... Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about their corners. I, Which when, is not When is the, the last case. time you mm-hmm. said, boy, you know what? Strength of Texas Tech, cornerback. Well, even their entire secondary in general. Yeah, is, it's pretty good. Yeah. There's some questions, I have some questions at safety. They've got, they, they need to they need to, to fill in some, some gaps at safety. But when you're going to have uh, Zach McPherson and Adrian Fry at the cornerback spots. That's not terrible. Pretty good. Yeah. And then Big 12? Oh, yeah. That's right near the top. That's pretty good. So I like what they bring back defensively. Um, and then they're, you know, I, I think that this is a defense that has a chance to be, it's, again, how healthy do they stay mm-hmm. and what does the depth look like if they start getting run, to, if they start getting beat up? That's a big question. Uh, and so let's talk about worst case scenario. If you take a look at their, at their, at their, um, at their schedule, I think that, Another four and eight year would represent a pretty big disappointment. Yes. Um, now it's easy to see how that happens, right? Mm-hmm. 
they don't find uh, guys to fill in uh, those defensive gaps. Right. Uh, they, they can't. Can, they get can't a stay. One they, they can't get a number one receiver. Alan Bowman gets hurt again. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially with now Jed Duffy gone. Yep. They don't really have that known commodity at the backup spot. Mm-hmm. Right. They've got some guys they like, but they don't have that known commodity right. at the backup spot. So, it's easy to see how that happens. The, the the tackles don't figure like the tackles don't figure it right, out absolutely. right it's easy to see how they do that right if you get there and you go four you know four or you know four and eight is easy to see that i think would be worst case scenario offense kind of can't figure it out defense takes a step back without those key pieces four and eight again but let's talk about best case scenario okay if you look at their if you look at their uh their schedule right at utep alabama state arizona all due respect to our friend Kevin Sumlin, I think they should be 3-0. Yes. Okay. I, would I think agree with that. I think that they should be 3-0. Mm-hmm. They start off and then you take a look at some of the, some of the games that they get. A lot of their toughest games are going to be at home, which you don't want to play there. <laughs> you get Oklahoma at home at the in the season finale, mm-hmm. right? You get Texas at home, right? You get, now, we don't know what Baylor's going to look like necessarily, but you get Baylor at home, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to travel to West Virginia. Now, you do have to go to Oklahoma State. You have to go to which Kansas State, which has not been particularly kind to Texas Tech. Mm-mm. But and you have to go to Iowa State. But I do think that you go to Iowa State early when they're going to have, I think, some question marks. Mm-hmm. I think the schedule lines up that if you do not have to squint, you really do not have to squint to see nine wins. I think that there is, you can look at this team, and if things click, and again, it's a big if, because there's a lot of pieces that have to fall into place. But if things click, we're talking about a team that I think could be the surprise of the Big 12. Right, and I think that it'll be very easy to see if that's going to be the case after those first three games. Those those three games are critical before they get into those big, big home games that they have got to need out all of those all of those question marks and if they can do that then yeah we're going to be high on yeah exactly and and that's uh, uh, here's the thing we talked about those three games right utep alabama state arizona Mm -hmm. okay uh september 26th they play at iowa state if they win that they come home to play west virginia Mm -hmm. then they get a bye week and they come home and they and they play uh baylor Mm -hmm. okay at that point what I'm saying is six and zero is not outside the realm of possibility with a huge home game, um, a, a huge home game against Tex- Texas the next following week. Following the bye week. Following the bye week, right? That is, that would be at that point the hype train is going to start running. Mm-hmm. But that key, I think that turn game. First of all, you got to take care of business against three teams. I think you're better than in UTEP, right. Alabama State, and Arizona. That Iowa State. Game if you go to Iowa State big. and you come away with a win. That's when people are going to start looking around and being like, oh, what's Texas Tech, Tech got cooking? Yeah. That's, I think, the best case scenario. Anyway, thanks for coming around the campfire, guys. Please remember, put on some buck spray. <laughs> Watch out for that. Yep. We're Texas Football Today. Big camping guy, huh? Big camping <laughs> We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com or TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. And TexasFootball.com slash subscribe is where you can get this bad boy mailed to you. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. I'm going to interject here for a second. Okay. Uh, Stephen Cassie, he's got your back. Matt Bowman is a pitcher for the Reds. 
Thank you. That's why you said that. Thank you. Yes. I've had baseball on the mind. Yes. I got baseball on the brain. That's Greg Powers' fault. He's a Reds fan. He's <laughs> Matt Bowman's a pitcher. Thank At you. the moment that I Thank saw you. a pitcher for the Reds, I was like, ah, yeah, what happened. that would explain it. There you go. About a week ago, two weeks ago, nine years ago, time has no meaning. Time's flat circle. Matt Step went out west. He caught up with the head coach of the Comanche Indians, Coach Stephen Hermsmeyer. Here's Matt Step's conversation with Comanche Coach Stephen Hermsmeyer here on Texas Football Today. Hey, it's Matt Stepp with Dave Campbell's Texas Football here at Comanche High School, here with the head coach of the Comanche Indians, Coach Stephen Hermsmeyer. Coach, uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, chat with us today. I uh, appreciate you coming by. You know, we're, we're back at work and got some kids showing up for strength conditioning and just kind of happy to be back in our routine and, routine and having kids showing up, and I know they're excited as well. I was going to say, on Monday, you guys had to just be did – did you sleep at all Monday night, or how, how fired up were you and your coaches to get back out here uh, with your kids? But also, I'm assuming there's a little bit of nervous energy with all the protocols that are in place to make sure the kids are safe. Are safe. Um, overall, your impressions of how, how that has gone so far, and, it seemed, and through three days, are, are things getting a little more smooth as you guys are progressing? Well, you know, yeah, I definitely like it's almost like the first day of two days is what it was like. I mean, you're, you're excited to get to see the kids and you're interested to see what they look like because you haven't seen them in a while. And and so, yeah, they showed up and, and, you know, obviously we were worried about making sure we followed all the protocol and the guidelines and, you know, taking temperatures and doing background checks and, and screening. So it took a little bit of a slow start and each day it's gotten a little bit better. I wouldn't say that we've got all the wrinkles ironed out yet. We've still got some issues that we're kind of battling as far as with space and the number of kids that we We've had show up, so you know it's going to be a day-to-day process. But really excited to be back out here with our kids. And uh, how, what are you and your coach? What's kind of the format of your summer strength and conditioning right now? How are you structuring it? Are you guys able to get some some football skill-specific activities going, or right now is the focus strictly on the strength and conditioning piece and kind of getting the kids back back in shape? Well, we're getting uh, our strength conditioning done. We're offering. To, we have a lot of kids that work early in the morning in the fields and stuff. So, we're offering two different times for them to come up and do their strength conditioning session. Then we're doing a little bit of skill work, uh, also uh, sport specific stuff. We've kind of set it, have it broken up right now with football doing, and then tonight we'll have, uh, you know, a chance for our basketball offseason basketball kids to shoot the ball a little bit. So, you know, it's just uh, we're not getting a lot, all the skills we want right now. But it, as the weeks progress, we hope to add more of that. I'm assuming, uh, you know, with, with this is, the, you know, people, people we're a football-focused uh, organization here at Dave Campbell's, but I'm, I know uh, the girls' sports are going as well. I mean, and, and this is something that, that all the kids, all the athletes at Comanche High are doing. Overall, what, what have, are you happy with the numbers and how many kids have been showing up? Yes, we uh, we made a decision just to bring in our high school kids, boys and girls, to begin with until we figured out exactly how we were going to maneuver all of the, the pieces around and keep everything clean and people separated. So, But our girls have had great turnout so far. Uh, boys, we've had a good, solid turnout. So we're excited with what we've seen. Uh, we hope to add our junior high kids here in the next week or two uh, as we kind of get things you know ironed out better. All right, and uh, looking ahead to 2020 in your in your ball club. First off, let's look at your district a little bit. Um, how, how do you see things shaking out? Um, I mean, it's never an easy district. You know, the UIL always. You know, you guys are in a location where you can kind of go a number of different directions, and usually you're you're in a tough district with some good battles. Um, overall, what's your assessment of your new district? third in our district last year uh you know jacksboro's got a good bunch of kids back and so they're going to be really solid eastland dropped down from big school and they've got a division one quarterback and some other really strong pieces so it, it's not going to be any it's not going to be an easy task for us but you know we've got quite a few kids back we were pretty inexperienced last year we gained a lot of experience and we hope that when district starts this year we have a chance to compete for a district title
you guys up the 2020 season, uh, you know, when, when Indian fans are in the, in the bleachers and they see your ball club for the first time, what do you think the personality of your ball club is going to be? What, what, what will Comanche, if, if they're going to win ball games and compete for a district title, what are you guys going to hang your hat on in 2020? Well, I think they're going to see a bunch of guys who want to play football and they're going to fly around on defense. Uh, you know, we like I said, we've got eight kids back on defense. We expect to be better on that side of the ball than we were last year, and we were decent at times. But I think just, you know, we're, we we open on the road in the, in the Puncher Dome in Mason, Texas, and that is no easy place to open up our season. So we better show up with a lot of energy and a lot of fire or, or it could not be a good start. Final question for you. When uh, the Dave Campbell's crew comes to Comanche to cover you guys play, uh, and Tepper, myself, and Ish get into town, uh, where, where do we need to eat and what's, what's the go-to order for you, Coach? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot with a lot of different food places here, but there, it, it depends. I mean, there's – Matt Daddy's down on the square is really good. Uh, if you like Mexican food, Miguel's is, is pretty good. There's also a place out by the lake, but but Matt Daddy's has a pretty good burger. Their chicken fries and, and their and their steak fingers are outstanding. Appreciate your time. Uh, good luck in 2020, and we appreciate what you do for student athletes in the state of Texas. Hey, thank y'all for coming by. I appreciate it. Stephen Hermsmeyer, the head coach, the Comanche Indians, caught up with Matt Step on Matt Step's great on rival goes west. That's you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There we go. Give, okay. it some, give it some slack. Anyway, that was Matt Stepp's Five Goes West um, road trip. He caught up with Comanche Coach Steve Hermesmeyer. Appreciate him taking a little bit of time with Matt Stepp. Now, we go live. <laughs> to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts? Um, there wasn't really much from the comments, but I do. I did have a thought earlier when you said that. Did it hurt? My dad would always use that line. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. You got to time it right. You got to hit it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I had a thought. It's like, ooh, did it hurt? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, when we were talking about, like, the clothing thing, about how many, like, you get so many free shirts and stuff, the other thing that I realized after, like, packing and going through stuff, clothes sizes are stupid because they're all different. Like, you never know. Like, some oh, yeah. some shirts, it'll be, like, like in between like an extra small is just like super 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 small or like the small is like eight pounds too big like it just shirt sizes are stupid um yes try doing that with an with a child with a kid because there it's like it is the wild west yeah there are things there are shirts that he has that are uh, that are 12 months Mm -hmm. that still fit him and there are shirts that he has that are 24 months that are too small small yeah i feel like like, what are we doing here? shirts are one thing pants are the ones for like women's pants specifically like because guys they literally go by like the length and the size women's are not like that and they're ridiculous i yeah pant sizes are really extra stupid if you're wondering my opinion on that. You heard it here first, folks. Well, I can't find anything that's long enough. Well, just make... I got yeah. long, like, like, to fit around my waist and to get long enough does not happen. That's why I wear capris every single day. It's really just that my pants aren't long enough, ever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You should save this Those for Pickle. F- you should save this for Pickle Talk tomorrow. Yeah, well, shoot. I, to, there there was another, yeah. You'll have to come with a new topic for Pickle Talk tomorrow. That's fine. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. Those were my final thoughts, though. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Camels. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Camels. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks to Stephen Hermsmeyer of Comanche for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We've disinfected it. Wear a mask. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.